Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. ZeldaCast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Allison Aletha. What's up, Al? How you doing? Doing good. We're here early. Yeah, we are. Uh, for anybody that watches us, which you can watch us, by the way, every week on twitch.tv forward slash the ZeldaCast, we're doing a nice little Saturday recording rather than our usual uh, Sunday afternoon. So, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of fun to be had tonight as we as we deep uh, get a little bit deeper into Saturday night. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it works out for me because I've got family D and D tomorrow, so now I don't have to rush, hmm. which is usually the case. So, yeah, it's it's good. We're we're gonna have a good time. Yeah, we are gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a super light and breezy show, which is good because I I have to admit to everyone I, I I'm coming into this podcast a little bit of a chip on my shoulder I had a little bit of a rough day here so I'm I'm looking mm. I'm looking to these uh Zelda dungeon writing staff daily debates as they usually do to cheer me up to bring me up to a level um that that hopefully we can achieve here pretty quickly but uh yeah it's uh it's good to be back in the saddle I know that we like we had our show last week but it's still I I feel like I'm still coming down from our anniversary show and like what a fun mm-hmm. time that was and stuff like that and uh lots of lots of different recording going on the last couple of weeks i'm gonna do a little uh, can i plug something actually y'all when do you ever not plug anything <laughs> that's the answer i like to hear uh so <laughs> the newest episode of the spiteri's review is up over on patreon.com forward slash spnet and i think that people are going to want to check this out because this is a review of the generational classic 
Mean Girls. But not only the movie, uh, Sam and I recently went to go see the Broadway play of Mean Girls. Not in the New York. Well, like, it, it's the Broadway play. I mean, obviously it wasn't in New York. Like, it came to Calgary. But, like, the production was, was unbelievable. It was, it was really, oh. really good, actually. Um, it was longer than the movie. And it was full of songs and full of, like, dancing and choreography and stuff. It was, it was really cool. And, like, so we had a really fun time kind of, like, comparing and contrasting the two, like, different approaches. I, I mean... It's it's basically the same movie as like the the play follows the movie pretty closely, but like it was really it was really cool. Um, so okay, there's my plug. Go and check us out over on uh, patreoncom spnet. And I mean, hey, we got new uh, we got the new Zelda Cast top tens coming out pretty quick. So lots of lots of good stuff over there. Um, Allison, today Andy. <laughs> we are talking about the Zelda Dungeon daily debates. As always, we. Uh, we're pulling these amazing questions, amazing debate topics uh, from ZeldaDungeon.net. And these were made by uh, our incredible writing team who, it's pretty astounding, like looking at the list of some of these writers and, you know, you and I were both there. It's it's tougher than people think to keep coming up with new and engaging questions. And uh, they never Literally disappoint, do every they? every day. Yeah. yeah, every single day. And we... I don't, I don't know if how it is now because it's been a while since I've been away from the writing team. But we used to have like a streak, and like it was, it was not a great day when the streak was broken. But like the fact that everybody is able to come up with a question every single day to kind of like spark debate among the community is awesome. So we like to rip them off and talk rip about them, them off, <laughs> baby. We whenever there's a week where we're like, oh, geez, what do we talk about what today? What do we do? <laughs> Daily debates, and so that's what we got going on here today. And uh, I think we've shilled enough here, Al. The people want to hear us talk about Zelda, so let's get into it. And let's start off with the daily debate by my pal Charles. He asks if any developer was allowed to make a Zelda game, which developer would you like to see do it? Uh, I have an answer, but I don't know their name. Please hold. Who can, can I cheat and say I would love to see a Zelda game made by Guerrilla Games, who is conveniently making a game that you and I are playing right now for this very show? That was my answer. What, yeah. Was it okay? Yeah. <laughs> I was like maybe a little bit of recency bias, but uh, yeah, that Guerrilla Games like, logo would look pretty good on a Zelda title. You're right. It is Guerrilla Games. Okay, I was gonna look them up, but uh, yes, because it's so. We're going to talk about it in full detail in a future yes. episode, but it's so Zelda-like, like the puzzles, the exploration everything you know the story's totally different totally out there but yeah you know a lot of the skeleton is very zelda like for anybody who doesn't know by the way gorilla games is the developer behind horizon zero dawn and horizon forbidden west and probably a few other titles that i don't know of off the top of my head but Mm -hmm. um yeah those games are awesome and it's really easy to see how you could kind of morph that into a really really high quality zelda game but i'm gonna throw a different developer out there mostly just because i just would love to see this but retro studios okay I mean, has retro is- studios has never made a bad game ever they were handed the keys to metroid they were handed the keys to donkey mm-hmm. kong country mario kart um i can't imagine that would be anything less than unbelievable if retro studios ever made a zelda game so like mm-hmm. and, and i feel like they're kind of like working their way up through like the the C and the B tier franchises, maybe one day they'll get their crack at like making a Zelda, like a mainline Zelda game. That would be so awesome. I would love to see that. Sick. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, You know what? I was actually, uh, 
I was in bed the other night. I couldn't fall asleep. Nothing new there. And I was on ZeldaDungeon.net. And I saw this daily debate question from Brandon. And this question goes as follows. What minor details do you love about your favorite Zelda game? And I was in bed and I was like, man, I don't know. Like, so Ocarina of Time, that's my game. And I'm like, I feel like I just love everything about that game. Like, what? (laughs) Like, don't make me, like, really pick. Like, I, I was really, like struggling to think and actually eventually I fell asleep so I was like um yeah it's a great question though and I think I have an answer I think I did come up with one okay what is it I love in Ocarina of Time that um there's all of these secret grottos in areas that normal people would just never think of to look so like there's on Hyrule Field right by the castle there's like this random tree that you can just bomb and there's a hole that appears and it's like what why is this hole by this random tree in Hyrule Field that you drop down and I think there's a cow in there or something like that. It gives you a piece of heart. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing in the Lost Woods. You you go up and like you you take the wrong direction, but you're still in that area. And then you go to that like really grassy area. You could drop down yeah. with the with the Skulltulas and then you see um, uh, like you can upgrade your, your Korok sticks or your whatever, Kokiri sticks. And it's just like, this is so like hole literally hole in the wall or hole in the ground as it were like it, it, i don't know i just i i love that weird little detail so i i think i think that's my answer i feel like i'm gonna cheat a little bit because my favorite game is also ocarina of time but there's stuff i like from other like other games on my you know top five list like yeah with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, I love finding a high spot, like, at sunrise or sunset, and the, the view is just, you know, extremely beautiful, and I love just sitting there for a minute and taking it in. Um, another, like, small detail I really like in Wind Waker, I've talked about this before, is that the music kind of goes in line with your combat, so as you're... you're uh, attacking monsters, the music kind of goes with you. Corey called it something I can't remember at this point, but like reactive music or something. I love that, and I I kind of wish that would be brought back because it mm-hmm. was super cool. Stuff like that, those little things I love in Zelda games. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you there. Just the dynamic music. I I think is that that sounds, that sounds better right. than what I, yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot. I mean, you could go down the list. Like, there's so many incredible details and so many i mean mm-hmm. particularly like tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild like there's there's a mm-hmm. whole treasure trove of things for you to look at and like little you know talk about breath of the wild actually i really love all like the the little things that they do with naming stuff right like like the tingle islands or whatever or like oh, Medley yeah. Lake, like that that kind of stuff i feel like is just like a nice little tip of the cap to, to people yeah to know. it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um okay well how about this one al sean asks what do you want the setting of the next Zelda game to be? Cyberpunk, <laughs> The Legend of Zelda, the twin viruses, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the first game you pitched three years ago, that's the one I want. It was yeah. so like, I don't know if we had a title for it, but it was so good. With I, I looked Aaron actually, it was Corp. called Hyrule 2149. That's what, it, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Ganicorp and the chips and like. That sounded having, so good, to be honest. Yeah. That yeah, sounded it, so good. It sounded great. Oh my gosh! Yeah, let's let's go with Cyberpunk again. This is like recency bias. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> yeah, like I, I actually would like, like a, a, you can have a futuristic game, but like still have it retain a lot of those qualities. I, I think of this is going to be kind of a weird example, but like I think of Castlevania: Aria of Sorrow, which is a Castlevania game that's set in the future, where most of them are set in like the the fourteen hundreds or whatever, right? Like, and that game kind of kept all the classic elements while 
introducing modern like little little things into the the narrative and stuff like that so uh like future based i mean i'm a i'm a homer for cyberpunk so i think that would be sweet but like mm-hmm. i think like like i mean tears and in, in breath of the wild have already leaned into the futuristic aspect let's just let's go all the way you know mm-hmm. why not um yeah so so great question from sean let's move on to alexis one of the longest tenured writers on the team now maybe like the longest alexis and i are from the old zd days before zi wow before yeah that's a long time uh Mm -hmm. all right so alexis asks who should the costume designer for the zelda movie be um this this would be a really good question for gooey fame Okay, I was about to say, I don't know if I can answer that question. Yeah. I don't know who the costume designers are, like, of the movie industry. Right. Um, you know who it should be? Who? It should be Tingle. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. I Like, whoever did, um, I don't know, like, whoever... Whoever did like some some movies with like, like you know who whoever did the Hunger Games that'd be a really great costume designer oh, okay. to because you kind of yeah. have like some over the top outfits and and looks in that game but you also have like you're kind of gritty like you're fighting and arrows and whatever you yeah can do a lot I mean, worse than I that find like whoever worked on the Lord of the Rings because we were talking about this in the Discord that we would like more costuming rather than the CGI yeah. you know. Well, so that that was Weta Workshop, um, based in New Zealand, and I, I would, I, of course, I would love that. I just, I don't know if Weta Workshop is signing up to do like the Legend of Zelda movie. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they will. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, that just seems like uh, that seems like something that's like an, an overreach for for the Zelda movie. Mm-hmm. But maybe the yeah. Hunger Games is too. I don't know. Um, that's a good question, though. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Are you ready for this question now? This is a question that has existed since the dawn of time. This is from Nick Miller, uh, and this one goes as follows. Is Ocarina of Time's Water Temple really that bad? No, it's not. Not only is it not bad, it's it's awesome. It really is. It is. I think it's traumatizing because if you played it as a kid, if this is your first Zelda game, if you were playing 1998, early 2000s, etc., and you forget a key, it's traumatizing. It's like it's like horrific, you know, and then it seems so impossible. But mm. I feel like as you get older or you understand that you need to have all those keys to progress, you know, it's actually really not that bad. It's a pretty good puzzle. I wouldn't say it's my favorite dungeon ever, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as when I initially thought back when I was a child. No, I... I... I, I would say this, like, I understand, particularly the N64 version, like, it, it takes a long time to equip those those iron boots and yeah. take them off. Like, So that can be kind of a pain, and I and I do remember that. And, like, I mean, it, it, it is annoying, right? But, like, yeah, like, other than that, like, it's just, it's a different type of dungeon. And, like, it's, it's kind of like a, a resource-gathering dungeon. And it can be frustrating if, because there's that one sequence going up to get the boss key, where, like, you need to have, like, four or five keys four, and yeah. yeah and like if you don't have the keys it's like you've just went through this like really arduous path to get there and there's that one last locked door that we've all hit before just been like ah when we got there yeah. um but like i i don't think it's that bad at all like and it's really like it's it's really not even like that big of a dungeon like to yes it kind of like sucks to have to go back once you hit that locked door but like it's it's laid out in a pretty a pretty manageable way and and mm-hmm. like once you play it but, a few times you've got it down. Yeah. 
Though, I, I would say the crappiest part is that not only do you have to go back to the, like, main room of the dungeon, but you have to do the water levels all over again if you forget a key. Yeah, yeah, that's you the, do. That's the crappiest part of it. And, like I said, when you're a child, it's a little bit traumatizing. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, like, so to answer the question, though, like, I don't think it's that bad. Because if you take mm -hmm. a look at some other dungeons, like, the Forest Temple has the exact same thing. Right. Like the, you need True. you need X. I think you need three keys before you can finally go up and go in the twisting hallway. And if you don't have those four keys, it's like, where do I, I guess I'm just exploring the forest temple. You can get lost in there. Um, you know, a lot of people think the fire temple is a really weak dungeon because it's a fairly straightforward path. And it's like, well, well, guess what? Like the water temple is like the one central room with one central mechanic. So like you, you never have to go super, super far in order to get to where you need to go. As long as you're in like the, the main room. Um, so yeah, I, I think it gets a bad rap. And I mean, like also like I, it looks, it looks great. It has mm -hmm. awesome music. It has a really fun yep. boss battle. And it has, I mean, it has like the dark link battle. Like what, what more do you want? I feel like the Dark Link battle, I just am taken back to when I'm a kid, and the Dark Link battle was so, like, it was such an anticipatory, like, we looked forward to it, my brothers and I, we were like, oh my god, I can't wait, because do you remember? Oh my god, it was so good, let's do it again, you know? Hmm. That's, like, such an awesome moment, and to have it in the Water Temple is really cool. Yeah, totally. Okay, here we, this is a, a spicy meatball coming up next here, Al. <laughs> you ready for this one? Yeah. Um, okay. Daily Debate. This is by our pal Michaela. Would you have enjoyed exploration in Tears of the Kingdom more if the game used a new map? I feel like we're going to really kill this when we talk about Forbidden West. I feel like yeah. we're going to be a dead horse about this. Um, um, <laughs> uh, yes, the, the answer is yes. I, I would have. And and I'm going to preface something here. We were, we were talking about this before the show, uh, before we got started and hit record. We, we, we've been getting a lot of flack from some people in certain circles saying like, oh, these guys don't like Tears of the Kingdom. They're always ragging on it. They're always talking about how it's lame or whatever. And it's like, okay, first of all, like I, I do like Tears of the Kingdom a lot. And Allison loves it, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I think that's appropriate to say. Yeah, it was my number two game on my list. My best Zelda ever list. Yeah. So you can like something but I think that there is definite flaws of that game, and I think that we've articulated them really well while not beating up specifically on Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and, you know, like, I, I'm sorry. I, I was disappointed in that game for the amount of time that, that we spent waiting for it to get the same map. That That's probably my big scrape, actually. So, yes, I would have absolutely enjoyed a world that was... That was like a fourth of the size. I would have enjoyed exploring that world a fourth of the size if it was new. And that's what's so refreshing about playing Horizon, which I, I, I promise this is going to be the last Horizon reference I make. But like you, you play the sequel and it's like, wow, what is the Forbidden West? I can't wait to get into the Forbidden West. Imagine, mm -hmm. if, imagine if Tears of the Kingdom took place on like the cliffs on the other side of that gorge when you get to the edge yeah. of the map, right? Like mm -hmm. how exciting would that have been? I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would have been pumped. I would have been stoked. And the sky and the depths just didn't capture that for me. So uh, for, for everyone say... sick of us complaining about Tears of the Kingdom, I'm sorry. But I mean, I, we got to be honest. Like it's, it's, I think it's a really big deal and a really big knock against my enjoyment of this game. I don't want to speak on your mm -hmm. behalf, but. I remember when we were doing our initial like impressions of the game. And I remember saying specifically that at very first 
when you get back down to Hyrule and you're exploring for the first time, I'm like, this is the same world, and I was disappointed. But then you start to realize that there's a lot of changes, the cave system, there's the depths, there's the sky. I do wish that there was more going on down in the depths. I do wish that there was more sky to explore. I do love the cave system. I think it's so cool. Um, but there is a lot of changes to it. So I would say yes and no. Like, yes, I would have loved a different place to explore, but also no, because I loved what they gave us. Mm. So I'm kind of in the middle there. Um... But I think it also makes sense if you're going to have, like, a evolution. And I'm this isn't going to be the, the last time I reference Horizon. Mm -hmm. But, like, there was a natural evolution where the first game took place in the East. And now you're in the West in the second game. And that made it more like a continuation versus I'm exploring the East again. Yeah. I, I, I think you're dead on. And, like, listen, we, we've talked about it before. Your mileage is going to vary because if you... Again, I, I always feel like weird when I say this, but like if, if you're really into the gameplay aspect of, of Zelda, Ultra Hand and, and giving you new ways to interact with the same world, it, it like that could be that could completely rejuvenate the whole world for you and turn what was mm -hmm. one thing into a completely different thing. And I think that's great for people that are really into that. I, I don't really like building stuff, right? Like that's that's just not my thing. So I <laughs> I was like, okay, Ultra Hand is like pretty fun. And like there's definitely some really like really awesome moments with it. But yeah, I, I like I would have honestly taken the same abilities, new world, and, and I would have been fine with that. Um mm -hmm. and and like that's you know, everybody can have their own opinion on, you know, which direction the game should have went or, or could have went. Obviously the direction was successful and it's one of the best selling games that Nintendo's ever put out. So um, yeah, I, I think not to not to stir the pot here, but this question, I, and I and I don't think that that I'm alone either, because I do think that there is a bunch of other people that kind of have the same yeah. experience. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I guess I guess I'm just saying to everybody <laughs> complaining that we're complaining about Tears of the Kingdom too much. Like, sorry. I was when we were doing that little chat beforehand. I said, as my father has told me, <laughs> in oh, typical right. Andy fashion. He was telling me that there was there's a series, a book series that he's been devoted to for basically his whole life, and he has criticisms about it. They turned it into a show on Amazon. He does not like the show. It's very disappointing to him. Which, uh, which um, book is it? What, this again? is Wheel of Time series. He's right. been part of that series since the beginning, you know? And so he was trying to tell me that if you've invested so much of your time, your life, your energy into something, it's okay to have disappointments it's not going to be perfect every single time mm -hmm. I, I also think that there's like uh i think i'm going to rip off gooey fame here actually i think he said this to me not that long ago but like it's good to have a healthy amount of skepticism and criticism for anything that you really love because mm -hmm. like otherwise otherwise you're apologetic otherwise you're it. just gonna like consume anything and everything that they give you to just be happy that you have it and i and i think that we could do a little bit better than that so yeah um, all right, let's get off our soapbox. Let's move on here to the next question. This is from Brandon as well. He's back. Do three heart challenge runs enhance your experience with certain Zelda games? What do you think? I think that's for a certain type of player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I ain't about that life. But I think like if you are about that life, because I used to really like speedrunning. I'm not. I don't really like it as much anymore. But it was a challenge. It was a different way to experience the game. So three heart like challenge mode is um I want to say that Brandon actually does this once a year if I'm remembering correctly he does like mm. a three heart challenge mode um but like yeah that's a that's a different way to enjoy the game a different way to play the game it challenges you it makes it a little bit different your decisions are going to be a little bit different so yeah. I think that's awesome if that's your cup of tea 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. That, that's not really my thing, to be to be totally honest. And I and I think if I like, because I know that we have some people uh, and even some listeners that play games in a different style. Because I think both you and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but like we we kind of play a game, we finish it, we try and get like a hundred percent it, and we move on to mm-hmm. the next game. And it's it's very rare that I'll like replay a game. Like I have to really love it. And if I replay a game, it's not going to be for like a couple, probably a decent amount of time, right? So when I go to replay that, I just want to kind of like re-experience it. I'm not looking necessarily to like challenge myself doing so mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense there, mm-hmm. there's like maybe like maybe super metroid is my exception but like that's just kind of like oh i'll just do it to see how fast i can do it kind of thing not like a three heart run um mm-hmm. not not really my thing not really my thing but um i think it's cool that the people that like it that do it for sure mm-hmm. takes a yeah. lot of skill more skill than i have yes it does yeah same <laughs> yeah uh, this is kind of on that same path actually our our main man Kristen g rosario uh, who is attending the Royal Rumble as we speak, uh, asks, which Zelda game would you dedicate the time learning to speed run? That's another... I think I know your answer. I would... Ooh. Listen, I did Breath of the Wild because it was short. When I used to do speed runs, a lot of them were like six hours long, and I started to get older and was like, I can't sit here for six hours straight mm-hmm. running a game, being high stress level. So uh, Breath of the Wild was fun to learn because it's like literally three hours for me. So that yeah. was cool. But I think Tears would be longer because it's got a lot going on. It does. So I don't know. I'd be interested to learn it, but I think it would be at like four hours for me. Um, 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 like speed running is not really my thing. Typically, uh, I, I don't, I don't like it. Like, I feel like I don't like pressure on me while I'm playing games in very, very few circumstances that I've found. Does that enhance a game for me? Um, so I would say none, although I, at the same, on the other hand, I am going to say I I have learned a couple of moves in Link's Awakening DX, mm-hmm. which I really do enjoy running, actually, because it's easy and it's um, it's rewarding and it saves you like a, a boatload of time to, to beat that mm-hmm. game. I think I was done in like just over two hours. So that one I thought was was pretty fun. But like I I probably spent like an hour learning how to do it. I don't have the dedication to yeah. spend any more time like learning how to do it right like like everything i learned on link's awakening anybody could learn in link's awakening in like the same amount of time so my, yeah. my answer would probably be none um super metroid I mean, i've tried a little bit here and there to be honest yeah. but not not any zelda games yeah it's i don't know for some speedrunners are just so incredible they could just look at a trick and do it immediately and i say this a lot like there's a lot of m- like movement, fast finger movement that you need to have to be able to do a lot of speedrunning tricks or glitches or whatever. Yeah. And I just don't have that. I don't have that coordination. So I really struggle with like glitches and stuff. And so it makes me feel a little disheartened. Like I'm not as good at speedrunning as I could yeah. be. Yeah. I like, and this is just a me thing. Okay. But like, I kind of feel like, like a glitch speed run to me just like defeats the purpose of playing the game. Cause like, if you're going to like Ocarina of time, I know there's that bug skip that you can do that get takes you from uh, Goma to like Ganondorf, which mm-hmm. is like, which is great. But like, I'm just like, I feel like I'd just rather play through Ocarina of time, like and experience yeah. the game that I love. Like, I don't, I don't know. That's just, it's not my thing. And it does. It feels like, I guess to me, like, sequence breaks are one thing and, like, glitches are another. And I feel like there's a, a degree of separation between the two that I 
I, like, I don't really like glitches, but sequence breaks can be kind of cool. But even then, like, I don't know. I Short answer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't learn any game. Not going to do it. <laughs> all um, right. All right. This is another one from Kayla. And this is very topical because Princess Peach, I was about to say Superstar, the game's called Showtime, comes mm-hmm. out uh, next month. Should Princess Zelda have spinoff games like Princess Peach? Uh, yeah, I sure. mean, in the in the vein of this Princess Peach game that's coming out, no, like the no. changing costumes or just in general? I think, well, I actually didn't open it, but I, I'm going to interpret this as like, should Zelda just have her own spinoff game? If the question is, should Zelda have a spinoff game like whatever this Princess Peach game is going to be? The answer is no, because it looks horrible. It looks like a Kirby <laughs> game. It does. I'm sorry, but it, it looks like a Kirby game. And I'm just like, I feel bad for Princess Peach. That, like her first big console game ever. It's it's this. I would say that Zelda does have a couple of her own spinoff games. You got the Wanda Gamelon and Zelda's Adventure. <laughs> so, well, those are go. straight facts. You can't <laughs> argue that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, we've talked about it for like forever where we think it'd be like cool to have a game where you play Sheik. It'd be cool to have a game just like where you play Zelda. I love playing a Zelda in like Hyrule Warriors and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's great. So, yeah, let's let's do it. I, it's probably yeah. overdue, like, really. Yeah, my only my only concern is I don't want the Zelda series to get kind of like kind of like the Mario series where you have all the characters have their own little goofy spinoff games. You have a Toe game, you have a Yoshi, yeah. you have a Peach I don't really want Zelda to go in that direction. Now, if you just have one Zelda spinoff here or there where she goes on her own adventure, like, say, you have a Zelda spinoff for Skyward Sword where you kind of get to go on her with her adventure, that would be cool. I just don't want it to be... I want it to be something that I could take seriously. Yeah, like, I I think if you do a spinoff, like, you you treat it with respect and make it, like, like a big deal if it happens. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine that they would do like a goofy kind of Princess Peach Showtime style spinoff, but I'd be I'd be totally down to play a game as Princess Zelda. Like I think particularly if like you deviate from the regular Zelda formula, like make it an RPG, make it like a something mm-hmm. different that that really yeah. is unique. And make it anything except for a Kirby game. That's my <laughs> only ask. So, um, all right, this is a daily debate from Josh. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins fan, by the way. Shout out to Josh. What dungeon would you add to Tears of the Kingdom? What does that question mean? Like a well, dungeon from a different Zelda game or just in your own creation? What kind um, of dungeon would you add? Yeah, let me uh, let me go through and see. Uh, so some ideas that Josh thought of were... Or one, adding like a forest temple, and that could be somewhere in Farron by okay. like the Spring of Courage. Adding okay. a shadow temple, maybe in Kakariko Village or somewhere by the town. Or this is kind of neat, ancient observation deck, and uh, you could explore a little bit more. Um, I would have added a dungeon in the depths for sure, somewhere mm-hmm. to do something. Um, and probably... Ooh... I mean, you got a couple dungeons in the depths. The fire dungeons down there. The construct factories down there. That's true. I just like. I feel like it needs another. Like it needs something. At least some kind mm-hmm. of like real estate down there to like make my, you know, <laughs> make it worth it for me to go down there. Um, yeah, I would. Um, I would just like to upgrade the water temple to be similar to yeah. the one temple in the sky that Minish Cap had. Can't remember what that dungeon's called. Palace of Winds or something. Palace of Winds. 
Or we could put the water temple in a body of water. <laughs> well, we could do I that. Was, I was over here being like, oh, we're going to be up in the sky for the water temple. Does that mean we're going to have like the manta ray flying guy org? Because that would have been sick. That would have made so much sense. Instead, we got the muck octopus, you know. <laughs> old old Mukturok. The ruiner of days. Uh, um, I, I would, I agree. I would just delete the water temple and redo it. Probably in the ancient Zora waterworks. Yeah. I would probably say add like, um, a time ish dungeon, you know, like temple of time kind of deal from mm. twilight princess, because you all, you have the time sage and Zelda, like you had all the other sages had their stuff. So right. a time temple would have made sense. Um, temple of time. you know what? I, I think actually, <laughs> I think I would have went with either a forest or a shadow temple probably because I'm, I'm trying to make parallels back to ocarina of time and we have mm -hmm. like we have most everything like the lightning kind of stands in for the spirit temple which is ironic because you have the spirit temple which kind of stands in for nothing and then like all the other like the wind i guess the wind dungeon doesn't really stand in for a whole lot so um yeah i i feel like a shadow temple though would have kind of been cool like to, like a dark gloomy kind of like temple mm -hmm. where maybe the source of the gloom is revealed and your your big dungeon item is a card that just tells you why they replace malice with with gloom oh my god andy that, that could be cool <laughs> no <laughs> i mean like it, anyways yeah a shadow dungeon would be cool i don't know where you stick that bad boy though like maybe somewhere in the depths for sure maybe like the lowest but in like the marianne's trench of like the depths Mm -hmm. The lowest yeah. point. That should be on Jeopardy point. next year. What's the lowest point in Tears of the Kingdom? Oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Uh, this is a great question from Leslie. What instrument should Link play in the next Zelda game? I wanted him to play the thing. What is that thing that Cass plays? The accordion. I wanted him to play the accordion because of that art that we got from... Uh, one of the dlc or whatever and he was holding he link was holding the accordion and i was like oh that would have been sick if he got to play that mm, that would have been cool i think he should play a guitar one more time rock out the guitar or he's like he's gonna be like he's gonna be like ryan gosling and barbie playing the guitar at you yes that would be <laughs> awesome or, or you could go like you could go full EDM and just have Link whip out a turntable or something. Which yes. Sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but Kima, that would actually be, like, kind of fun, like, on a touchscreen to, like, just... Or whatever, like, I, I think there's some... Game. Yeah, there's some, uh, there's some good ideas there. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd be fine either... Like, I don't think Link has to play an instrument, to be honest. Like, I, I really mm -hmm. don't. And if he does, I mean, I'm a sucker for the ocarina. Like, let, what's wrong with that? Why fix something that wasn't broken, you know? Yeah. The harp was pretty cool. Harp was cool. I kind of like Zelda with the harp, though, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Playing the actual harp, though, wasn't very fun in Skyward Sword, I, I do have to say. Yeah, I mean, it did, the way it was played didn't make sense. I love talking to Ashton about it, who can actually play the harp. And all you're doing is, like, strumming back and forth, and she's like, that's not how songs work. <laughs> well, you know what? I can play expert guitar in, in rock band, but I can't play guitar in real life either, so it's it's weird how that works. <laughs> Yeah. Although I will say, I can play expert drums in rock band, and, and I can, like, hold a beat on real drums. So, I mean, go there for it. There you go. Um, all right. This next question is is from Sean. He's back. And Sean says, do you want pieces of heart to be included in the next 3D Zelda game? 
Well, I think that depends on what kind of 3D Zelda game it is, Sean. Uh, because yeah. I, I'm going to say something, and I feel like this... I don't know if this is going to be a spicy take or not. If it's an open-world Zelda game, I'm totally fine with the idea of shrines. I really like shrines, and I like collecting, like, the like the four orbs or the four whatevers. Like, I really like that idea, um, and I'd be fine if it came back. Mm-hmm. If it's a more traditional I mean, Zelda game, obviously not. Yeah, I kind of, like, I like the shrines, and I... I think the way that the shrines work is cool that you get four, you either get a piece of heart or you, or you get a whole heart container hmm. or stamina wheel, a part of your stamina wheel. And I think that's fine for the Switch Zeldas, but I do kind of miss the the finding of like pieces of heart in the overworld. You find a grotto and you have to do a puzzle and there's a chest in there and it's a piece of heart. And there's something like satisfying about putting all the pieces together. Like, you know, hmm. when your menu, you can see the pieces slowly come together. Um, I also just like... Um, no, never mind. The Switch games had a pretty, like, heart container. I was gonna say I miss how the heart containers look, but it had a beautiful one in the Switch saw those too, so. Mm. I don't know, I think I'm good either way. I could, I do kind of miss them, though. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain if, if heart containers came back. And, and Tears of the Kingdom actually did kind of a cool job of this, because there was, like, some side quests that you get a heart container for, not very many, but, like, some of them. Mm -hmm. And you, you also had your, your same kind of, uh, you know, traditional shrines and stuff like that that you saw in Breath of the Wild. Maybe a good compromise would be, like, you do side quests and instead of getting, like, a, I don't know, like, an ancient screw or whatever it is that you get or, like, some vegetables, you get a piece of heart instead. Like, I, I think that would give me more urgency to do side quests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also miss, like, when you could, like, buy them in a store, you'd see them in a, oh. in a shop and you're like, oh, my gosh, I could buy that. I, hate, I hated that. Because I, oh. I never felt like I had enough money for everything that I wanted, which obviously is the point, but I just, like, I want it now, you know? Yeah. Now. Not later, I now. I do think, I do feel like if we do move on in the Zelda series, I would want to continue where you give yourself boosts, you know, with your food, so a heart boost, so you could have more, temporarily have more hearts than you do. I do really like that, because if you have an open world game and you want to go take on a challenge before you're really ready, you know... You might want to have yeah. some heart boosts. I see what you're saying. I I would be I would be okay actually if that disappeared because I think ironically, like what you're saying is right, but I would almost like to take that away from from people to like say like maybe if you're just like really so skilled that you could avoid getting hit, like great, go do this. Yeah. But like I think Three if you take challenge. that away, it adds a little bit of structure to the game where it's like, I can't go here yet. I gotta come back. Mm -hmm. um rpgs are really good xenoblade actually is really good at doing that um which is which is good so yeah it, that's a, that's an interesting daily debate question right there is about the uh the meals giving you bonus arts mm -hmm. okay this is from connor and connor asks should the zelda franchise bring back companion characters yep. uh, you think so i've had i've i think i've asked this daily debate question like six years ago or something mm. um I miss having somebody to go on my adventure with. I miss, like, having a character that you slowly get to know and grow close to and all, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I miss that. Like, yeah. Spirit Tracks is so fun when you get to play and have Zelda as your companion, little ghost as your companion. It's so sweet. And then temp the the King of Red Lions, Navi, I miss them all. So I would love to have a companion return. I feel... I feel like kind of indifferent, to be honest with you, because I think there's pros and cons to both. Um, obviously, the con of a companion is kind of been there, done that, you know, and I don't know how well... 
Like, if, if the next Zelda game is an open-world game, I, I don't want to be, like, in my element exploring something that I've never seen before. And I'm like, wow, this is majestic. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, listen, you need to go and see, uh, you know, whoever. Go, go over here and get this done. So I, I feel like... And I guess you could probably just turn that... I'm assuming you'd be able to turn that off in your games. But, like... Um, yeah, the pros obviously are like a lot of the most beloved characters in the franchise are companion characters, and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I feel like a different. I would be, I'd be totally fine if they brought him back. I'd be fine if we didn't have them. Um, it 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 really depends on like the style of Zelda game and like the the type of Zelda game too. You know. Mm-hmm. Good question though. Um, all right, this is from oh, this is from our pal Rod Lloyd, Big Rod. Here we go. Do you expect Nintendo to release a new console this year? Yes, I do. They better. They have to. And I don't take any stock in rumors, but I do feel like I'm starting to see some rumors. Like, I know we've kind of had one in here and one there over the last few years, but I feel like I'm starting to see them a little bit quicker, a little bit more close together. Mm -hmm. And it always makes me wonder if we're getting close. So maybe we're getting close. We got a February Direct coming up with, like, absolute, we have absolutely no idea what's going on with Nintendo for the rest of this year beyond Peach, so. Right. Um, or supposedly February. Don't take that for there, fact. I'm just guessing. There absolutely has to be a new Nintendo console release this year. If there is not, I will live stream myself cooking my copy of Tears of the Kingdom and eating it. <laughs> okay? Ew! Those cartridges are so gross. There has to be a new Nintendo console coming out this year. Uh, like, right? Like, there has to be. What the hell else are we going to be doing for the rest of the year? I hope they use Joy-Cons because they got, they just announced those pastel pink Joy-Cons with the Peach release, and I want them. Oh, you're but not, like, Are you really buying those? I don't know. They're cute. I like them. Why don't you, <laughs> hold on. Why don't you just go and buy a used pair of Joy-Cons and buy some, like, $3 pink paint and just paint them? Because that's what Nintendo did. You know, I tried doing that. I got like a regular, I had a regular pair of um, Joy-Cons and I tried getting like the the adhesive stickers so that I could have the Animal Crossing colors. It looked like poo. So (laughs) I'm going to be real honest. (laughs) It was not great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I want them and I'm just saying like, why would I, like, why are you trying to continue to sell these Joy-Cons if they're not going to be on the next console? I agree with you, but I also think that, like, Nintendo is totally the type of company that's just like, oh, yeah, here's... it's. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where it was like, here's Malibu Stacy, but now she has a hat, and the kids are going crazy about it? <laughs> Nintendo's the exact the type of t- company that would do that, like, <laughs> right before they release something where th- this thing that you just bought is now obsolete. I yeah. That's 100% something Nintendo would do. Um, <laughs> let's keep... This is a great question. Let's keep going. This is... Fr- Brandon is on fire today. God... Uh, Brandon asks, what improvement would you most want to see in a hypothetical Ocarina of Time remake? Uh, uh, I feel like that's hard for me. Cause that's hard. Ocarina of Time is so good. <laughs> so it's pretty much perfect. Um, I would say... Like, I, like, there's the obvious answers, right? Like, you'd like to see dual analog controls. I think that's mm-hmm. a no-brainer if that game ever gets remade. Uh, there, I mean, music upgraded, uh, all, like, all that kind of stuff. I, 
an upgrade for Ocarina of Time. This this is tough to be honest because it's like yeah, it's like everything is so fantastic in in this game. Like, what do you what do you really uh, pull apart? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's hard for us to say too because we've already kind of had an upgrade with the 3ds, um, the 3D Ocarina. Yeah, that, that like, too. Fixed a lot of quality of life issues that we probably had. I would, I don't know, just maybe like some even better visuals have things look a little less blocky, I guess. Um, although that's something that I kind of like. It's like it's yeah. charm because you know it came from the time and it still holds up. So yeah. No, I've seen a lot of people do like um, make um, what is it Unreal Four Engine or whatever it's called um, mm-hmm. versions of Ocarina of Time, and they look beautiful. But honest to God, I feel like if I stare at something rendered that beautifully for so long, my eyes are gonna start to cross. It, so, it almost looks too good, right? Like it, too, it looks so good that I feel like my eyes are gonna like, yeah. Start I, to I agree. Yeah, it's I, too I'm bright you. and it's too. There's too much happening. <laughs> All right, I got an answer for you. I know okay. the answer. In a hypothetical remake of Ocarina of Time, you let that shark out at the bottom of the hut, the, the, the witch in the hut in uh, Lake Hylia. Because you could just see the picture of that shark at the very bottom behind bars. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Al. But when yeah. you when you go down, you just see the shark. You let that shark out. I want to see that shark swimming. And he's a friendly shark, too. You can pet the shark. Okay, he's fine. He's All a right, good shark. That's, fine. That's, a great, that's a great improvement that I would like to see. <laughs> Maybe a few more masks that you could get. I don't know. That'd be mm-hmm. cool too. Um, this is a question for you because I do not know anything about tabletop RPGs. So here we go. Which Zelda game would make the best tabletop RPG? This is from Josh. What's considered a tabletop RPG? Is that like? I thought you were like a like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of guy. Isn't that like the the same thing? I guess. Okay. I like literally. That's the only t- tabletop RPG I've ever played in my life, and we only started it last year. <laughs> um, but if it's like, if that is the case, I would think that something along the lines of Breath of the Wild or Tears would probably be good because it's more. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure type of deal mm. with like certain stipulations, tools, etc. Right. If I'm understanding this question correctly. But yeah, then that way you could be like, okay, your party is going to the um, the Wind Temple in tears, you know? Yeah. And uh, how do you prepare for that? How do you deal with that? What, is, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to take your word for it because okay. I do not know. And I'm sorry. Sorry. Somebody else who's listening, you educate us. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, <laughs> I don't know a dang thing about tabletop RPGs. But not that I wouldn't try it. I just never have. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, okay. This is uh, another one from Sean. He's back. What Zelda gameplay mechanic or item did you not connect with or enjoy using? <laughs> I've got my Probably answer. Probably the DS. The DS, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's got to be that. Like, the touchscreen DS to, to move Link is just, like... Oh, God. I, it, it's just, it just, like, it's, it's such a... No, it just... It lets the wind out of the out of the room for me. It's just, like, really looking forward to play. And these games already have kind of something working against them, too, because they look horrible, and you're, and you're opening it up, and it's just, like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to play this new Zelda game. Oh, but now I gotta... Now I gotta use a stylus to move. Mm-hmm. Which which is which is tough, and, and there are some instances where it's where it's fun and rewarding. Like bomb shoes, I think are great using that. But yeah, like, those are cool. boomerang is fun. 
Not for me. Not for me. And I would say uh, any kind of costume gimmick in Triforce Heroes. Don't, don't love it. I'm sorry. In fact, I really don't love it. In fact, I can't stand it. <laughs> um, I would say the DS is fine. It's just hard to do for long periods of time, which I know is not how Nintendo in- intended for it to be. Um, but I think what's worse is the flute or the the yeah the flute mechanic in Spirit Tracks. I think that's worse, and I cannot believe that Nintendo was like, "Yes, kids will be able to do this." Hmm. Yeah, that's uh. There's a few of them over over the years that have uh, that have swung. Uh, you know, you got to give Nintendo credit. They they swing. They try. They try. Yeah. Not everything hits, but I mean, that's just kind of the nature of uh, you know. But at least being they innovative. try to be innovative and yeah. like have the people that are playing their games be active in some way. I think yep. that's cool that they try. Um, okay, uh, we got a couple of great questions about Tears of the Kingdom, and I think these three questions are going to bring us home here. So I'm stoked to to do these. One, this is from Shaquille. How would you rank Tears of the Kingdom's replayability? Um, I don't know because I haven't replayed it's... it, but I I do know that I'm having the itch. Like, I really want to replay it, but I'm really? waiting for the perfect time. I think once it comes to, like, the year mark, I'm going to replay it with the intention of doing everything in order like I want to. Right. Um, Like, I wanted to experience it the first time, but... I think it has, because I replayed Breath of the Wild so much, so I think it has high replayability. I, it's got to be like a 10 out of 10 on the replayability factor, right? Like, there's there's mm-hmm. so much stuff in this game. Like, there's there's an insane amount of stuff. I, I put in, like, hundreds of hours, and I have, like, a third of my side quests or whatever it was done. Like, I barely finished all of my side adventures. I, you know, I don't even start on Korok, so I was just like, no way, Jose, I'm not doing that. Like... If you if you wanted to to 100% this game, like you could probably like sink a thousand hours into this game, and if you wanted to to replay it, you can like you can have a completely different experience and like a new you know do new quests, do new whatever. Like I, it's got to be a ten. It's got to mm-hmm. be a ten. Yeah. This is another spicy meatball. This is this is also from Shakel actually. Did Tears of the Kingdom's unanswered questions leave you unsatisfied? Allison, take us away. <laughs> yeah, there are some things where I was just like, what? Especially to hear Nintendo come out later and be like, well, we had a lot of in-house answers for this stuff, like the Sheikah Towers, the Sheikah technology. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you ha- Why would you keep that to yourselves? When you know, like, you want it, you obviously want an answer for it. You had an answer to yourselves. Why wouldn't you let everybody else figure out that answer? Um, so, yeah, yeah it, kind of, it kind of bugged me that there was, like, literally just so many continuity issues with, like, answers where I'm just like, it would have been so easy to give us that answer in the game. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like yes and no, actually, ironically, because uh, there are some things that I'm just like, what? Like, why is it gloom instead of malice now? Uh, mm-hmm. I'll never, ever, ever stop just, like, harping over the point that I hate malice in Breath of the Wild. And, like, like malice juice. Why, didn't, why didn't they just, like, use that 10,000 years ago if they had this ability to just corrupt stuff? But I'll never oh get God. over it. They didn't, Andy. Oh, um, my God. Okay. <laughs> and, and there, like, there's a few things in, in Tears of the Kingdom 2 that are just, like, 
It's like, why wouldn't you just say that you repurposed the Sheikah technology? Like, it's just like such a simple thing to but say. But they didn't. They didn't even do that. It just disappeared. That's what Nintendo said. They're like, it just disappeared or, one or, day. Yeah, like, well, whatever. Like, why, why won't you just say, like, it disappeared or whatever? Yeah. Um, like, one of the arguments that, like, Corey likes to make is there is a lot of stuff that can be inferred. Like, I think that makes sense yeah. for something like Malice, which is, like, just hatred. That makes sense. But, like, when it's something so, like, right in your face, knock, knock on a tower, it just vanished, nobody cared? Yeah, right. You know, that that's not, you can't infer that. Um, I, I agree. I agree. But I'm actually, so, so, Shaquille gave a couple examples of questions that she had. And I am, I'll, I'll just read them off here. So, first question, unanswered question was, like, where is Cass? I have to admit, I... Where is Cass? I, I don't care. <laughs> Cass can be... Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I... Cass was fine. He was, like, whatever. But I'm... He didn't... I'm not missing him in Tears of the Kingdom. I bet Nintendo knows where Cass is. They just don't want to tell us. Um, The next, second question. Why do we not more... Uh, know more about the depths? Well, because there wasn't the upheaval. So I think that question sure. is answered, actually. Um, does Zelda always have power over time? I thought she simply inherited the sacred power from Skyward Sword Zelda... I feel like I that also doesn't bother me. It's like uh, whatever. Like Zelda has power over time. That makes sense to me. I don't mm -hmm. know you. I I honestly am not sure. Yeah, that did kind of come out of nowhere. But at the same time, like we've dealt with time a lot in the mm. series where it wasn't a big issue for me. Um, this one, you know, this one I agree with Shikel about. Did Sonya and Raru have a child? How is Zelda descended from them if they both died without children? Yeah, yeah, that, that's legit. That's a legit uh, argument, mm -hmm. and and it's not like Minoru had kids either. Like the to maybe like connect that bloodline. That's that's I one. Think, you want to know something? I think I saw a video that kind of explained this, where they were like, when when Sonia's saying, "I I sense that we have a similar bloodline." It's I don't think she was saying that they that you're my descendant. They both have a bloodline from the goddess. The goddess is their bloodline. So they're descended from the goddess is what I think they were that they were trying to say. But that was somebody okay. else explaining it to me, not Nintendo explaining it to me. Yeah, I could accept that. Like, I, I don't care that much about it. So I, I would accept that. But that that one seems borderline to me. Um, mm -hmm. Let's, uh, this is a good one. When Link is teaching the children the lessons about the calamity in Hitella Village, why on earth does neither he nor the teacher mention that Link was this great hero who saved them all? I know. I know, right? I don't know. It, it's pretty silly, but like... <laughs> that, that also doesn't bother me either to be to be honest um where where does this fall in the timeline that definitely doesn't bother me uh and most importantly are link are link and zelda living together i think it's pretty obvious they are right? i didn't think they were they got, there's only one little bed in there uh, yeah hey listen you share in a bed you at least want a double like so you have room to breathe me well never mind uh <laughs> 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 next this this question this is something that does bother me to be honest where it's like how did link transform zelda in the end I, like i and i don't think you needed to explicitly say like evil's vanquished like whatever i can buy it it just felt really cheap to me and and also like why did zelda go back in the past in the first place those are questions i would have liked to see answers for so like yes and no yes there are questions that i'm disappointed that we didn't get answers for no i don't think it like complete i don't think it completely ruins the narrative although i do think that question of how did zelda transform back was really cheap and deserved an answer but mm -hmm. um yeah I, I don't know i guess 
ultimately it doesn't bother me because I, I don't I don't think much of the story of Tears of the Kingdom anyways, so it's like whatever, you know. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Really great little mini micro stories though. Yeah. I mean I I really like the overall story of Tears of the Kingdom, but I, yeah, I do wish that there was some stuff that was just a little bit more fleshed out. Um yeah. yeah. Okay. Um I think we'll end on this one. Uh, because this is a great question from Rod Lloyd. Was Tears of the Kingdom story right to ignore Age of Calamity? Uh, yes. It probably was. Yeah, <laughs> it probably yeah. was. Although I will say, like, it just, like, it really just stings. Like, knowing that what this game was promised to be and marketed as, and it's like, this completely irrelevant adventure, like, like Age of Calamity turned Koga into like the sympathetic kind of character that you cared about, and like, he's just like bad guy numero uno in Tears of the Kingdom, and he's awesome in Tears of the Kingdom, by the way. I love him way more in Tears of the Kingdom than I do in Age of Calamity, but like, it's yeah. so inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. I would argue that Koga, just no matter what, is going to do with what's within his best interest. And at first, in Age of Calamity, it was Ganon. And then it was like, no, I'm going to get killed, so I'm going to be on the good side for now. Yeah. So, you know, but my biggest gripe is, like you said, the marketing. All Nintendo had to do was say, check out this alternate telling of what happened 100 years ago. And then we would have gone into it being like, oh, cool, this is an alternate telling of what happened 100 years ago, which is what it was. Yeah. Instead, Nintendo's like, do you want to know what happened 100 years ago? Here's the story. And it (laughs) ended up being something completely not real. Yeah. So I do think it's good that Nintendo was like, okay, yeah, maybe that wasn't well received. And it really has nothing to do with tears. We don't need it. We're just going to put that back in the closet. Yeah, that, they they were probably right to ignore that story, but like, it's so disappointing that Age of Calamity ended up having this. Like, and it's and it's strange because like, I really like the story of Age of Calamity in a bubble. It's a really mm-hmm. fun story, and you get a happy ending. All the champions are alive, and at the end of that, I was like, maybe like, maybe um, oh geez, what's uh, Baby Guardian's name? Um, Terrico. thank you. I was like, maybe Terrico is going to create one of his little, like, time warp bubbles and, like, the new champions are going to, like, plop through and we're going to get, like, Mifa, or, or the old champions, rather, that survived are going to plop through and we're going to get, like, Mifa and Urbosa and stuff like that in Tears of the Kingdom. And I was like, so what the hell am I talking about? Like, this this is never going to be in Tears of the Kingdom. Like, it, it, has no, <laughs> yeah. it has no bearing. It has no influence. It's just, like, a silly side game. A silly Hyrule Warriors game, which is probably what we should have just expected in the first place and would have expected if Nintendo didn't tell us that this was not the story of what happened in the, in the past. So it's like, yeah, it's a mess. And like, like, like you said, if, if it was marketed correctly, I think it would have been re- much better. Well received. Oh my God. That was a sentence. And, um, I think we would have enjoyed it a lot more because it is a very enjoyable game. The story is actually really pretty cool. Um, there's a lot, um, of like cutscenes that are, like wonderfully animated voice acted it's really good it's just it was marketed incorrectly and therefore it put it like a bad taste in our mouths yeah that's a that's a perfect way to say it like and also like it's it's significantly better than the first hyrule warriors game yeah i I think like like Mm -hmm. worlds apart actually so it, it is disappointing um that that game you know that game did what it did and uh, and we were told what we were told because underneath all of it, like 
there is a fun game there, but now it's kind of mm-hmm. like damned to obscurity. I don't and like I'll ever replay it. Like, no, I, I won't. Like, yeah. forget about it. Um, <laughs> because why would you? Like, there's no... Like, I was really excited with that game because I was like, what if there's like a Tears of the Kingdom, like sneak peek or like a like a connecting mm-hmm. something? Like, I don't know, whatever, right? Like, not to be... Uh, you know, we have time for one more question here, Al. Let's, uh, okay. let's answer one more. This is another Tears of the Kingdom question. Okay. This is from Nick. Could the Master Cycle Zero have worked in Tears of the Kingdom? Oh, I was about to be, like, automatically yes, but then you wouldn't have any incentive to create machines. Well, I mean, so the answer is could. The the, the answer is yes. The question is could it have worked? The answer is yes, it could have worked. Yeah. Because it's the same map as Breath of the <laughs> Wild, so, like, why not? It's exact- Can you imagine being in the depths with that thing? That would be so oh, sick. Oh, God, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are correct though. If that was in the game, then you're not going to build like your John Deere tractor. You're not going to ride Minoru around in the depths. You're not going to do, you know, your little glider I'm dealio. Sure somebody created like a motorcycle like thing. I'm sure somebody did. I kept using the hover bike because it was so easy to get around. Yeah, I mean, somebody created Metal Gear Rex. Definitely, somebody created a, a motorcycle for sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that would have been pretty cool to see um, come back. I I really liked the master cycle zero although i know that a lot of people didn't and i understand why they didn't but i i thought it was cool i thought it was cool i liked it it would also like not very fit very well in tears of the kingdom because it looks like the sheikah technology which we don't really have a lot of that anymore except for the towers we have zonai technology so it would have been out of place yeah they uh, it probably just disappeared it probably did (laughs) just like the rest of the divine the rest of that stuff get that stuff out of here Oh my god. Um yeah, well, that's uh that's a topic for another day. Um all right. Well, once again, we we need to big or we need to give a massive thank you to our Zelda Dungeon writing staff for uh providing the format for the show this week. It's much appreciated. Thanks for bailing us out on uh <laughs> on a week where we uh you know, where we we came in a little bit late. We're actually a little bit earlier, I guess, to uh to make a great show. So um, go and check all of these daily debates out yourself on ZeldaDungeon.net. Sign up for an account. Get in on the discussion. I, I get in there from time to time. I, I get my little fingers out and type on my keyboard and give my two cents sometimes. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's fun. So, yeah, consider doing that. Um, that's it. That's a, That was a good show, Al. I had a fun time with you. Light and breezy. And I feel better. Light and bre- nice and easy. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So, we're going to get on out here. But, of course... We want you to check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Go like and subscribe and rate and recommend, review. Uh, you know what? I would love to. I think we're going to do another review giveaway here pretty soon because uh, uh, those are fun. I like doing those and, and seeing what everybody has to say. So look for that on the horizon. Um, and then, of course, give us a follow on Twitter at the ZeltaCast, at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha. And check us out over on Patreon. Uh, like I was plugging at the beginning of the show, we are over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spnet there's a bonus zelda show there that you could get every month and there's also a bonus uh metroid show and the spateri's reviewer my wife and i review movies and like i said we just did mean girls which was a lot of fun so go and check that out um check out zelda dungeon we've got the tears of the kingdom interactive map going on over there so if you are stuck and don't know where to go what to get head on over to that and check it out and i bet you you're gonna find what you're looking for um and then of course Actually, I think that's it. I think that's all of our plugging. I think that's I think that's all Monty. Good job. Yeah, not too bad, hey? <laughs> all right. Well, 
We're going to see everybody back here uh, next week. So until then, everybody, hope that you have an awesome week, and we'll see you then.